Welcome to Let's Talk, Ed. We are talking about rigor on today's episode. The uh, the thing that we always talk about in college classes, we want our classes, our programs uh, to have lots of rigor. And, and Zahi, the only way to do that is to make the material extremely hard, right? Uh, sure, if, if, if you want to end up being Genghis Khan. Uh, in in truth, rigor and harshness are not synonymous in the context of the classroom. Rigor is about the con the the content. Rigor is about the expectations from the student. So you have, in my opinion, you have to set high expectations of the students. Otherwise, you are not helping them learn and grow. And that's our job. Right. You know, you, you hear the, the pop culture stereotype all the time of the, you know, stuffy professor, you know, look to your left, look to your right. One of you will not pass this class. And, you know, yes, there, there are some college classes that are, are difficult for a lot of people. No question about it. And, you know, we would recognize those as, very rigorous classes but to some extent if you're making the material so hard that people can't pass the class uh without some sort of almost divine intervention are you doing any justice to your students yes and i'll go a little further and say the important element in what we do in my opinion is the learning have you achieved the learning or have you imparted a sense of dominance onto your classroom? And the idea is, uh, we give the example of Leonardo da Vinci, his art uh, teacher broke the, the, uh, uh, his brush because Leonardo was a better artist from the get-go. Why? Why is it about me? I'm done with my education. Now I'm trying to help others step ahead and acquire the learning. And yes, there, there is a place for those high stakes summative assessments. You want to make sure that a nurse can intubate somebody in an emergency, right? You want to be able to, uh, to drive on that bridge and make sure it's not gonna fail because the wells are crummy. Absolutely. But not every single thing, every single situation should be 200 questions, A, B, C, D, and yes or no, true and false. And, and you just listen to me, open your ears, listen to me, and, and regurgitate it. Yeah, and you know, for a student, a class like that uh, kind of draws a little bit of the passion out as well. Um, you know, I, I can remember my own experience as a student, and, and this is certainly just my own personal experience, but, you know, having some of those professors that just seemed like extra conceited, uh, you know, I, I had one where I reached a point because I, I remember him openly laughing and mocking students when he, you know, when they didn't give an answer that that he approved of. For me, what I learned in that class was to not participate. That's what I took away from it. 
And, and, and with regard to participation, uh, there was an article in, I think inside on, on where I read it, with regard to uh, the idea of participation being part of the grading. And so we know that there are particular reasons why people don't particularly feel comfortable participating. Some people with disabilities, some people who are first generation, non-traditional students, individuals whose uh, primary language is not necessarily English, individuals who, who've been working all night and they're wiped out by the time they came to the classroom. Yet, we consider it to be rigor by telling them that you haven't participated because you haven't spoken up rather than creating an atmosphere where students can work together and grow together and learn together now we're channeling it as you have to be on the spot which isn't necessarily everybody's cup of tea well and you know the thing that i would say to to something like that too is as the professor what are you doing to encourage someone to participate uh, you know, if you have somebody that you're seeing that's not doing a lot of participation for whatever reason, what are you doing to draw things out of them? Or are you just going to be like, well, you didn't participate too bad, so sad. And, you know, you're going to get bad marks in, in that that direction. Um, you know, so with, with all of these things, too, when we're talking about rigor, when we're talking about these expectations, as an instructor, what are you doing to make sure students are understanding the expectations and what are you doing to set them up for success there too yes because it's not hard to go from an expect a high expectation of rigor to being simply harsh right uh students may not have access to the internet uh they may not have a space where they can study and and learn that is comfortable and gives them that that seclusion that they need. Um, the material might be hard to find. They may not be able to afford the book and the book on uh, uh, in the library has been taken out by another student and so on. So that becomes harshness in my opinion. What rigor is, is setting a high learning expectation. And, and eventually you and I are gonna be talking a little bit about how do you assess that? And I think that's the differentiation right there, moving from the harshness to the rigor. It doesn't mean you're, you're a walk in the park. It doesn't mean that you hand out A's. That's not what makes you rigorous or less rigorous. It's what makes you harsh or not harsh. Right. And, and, you know, that's that's what we're talking about here is, you know, we're not talking about let's make classes easy. Let's give everybody A's. Uh, that That's not the case at all. Um, but, you know, when, when I think about this, you know, just just as you said, it, it's setting those learning expectations, but it's also following through and making sure that you're giving the path to get there. Um, you know, so it, it's. Uh, just as an example, uh, I took a class at one point and it used a different style of citations than uh, I had used in college before. Um, you know, there's MLA, there's APA, and most of what, what was done was MLA. 
And it was like, well, you need to use APA citations for this. And that was the extent of the discussion. Uh, so it's like, well, now I have to figure that out. How has that set me up for success? Yes. As you're talking about that, you countered up in, in uh, me uh, um, something that, that, that uh, Sir Kenneth Robinson, Ken Robinson said, um, in my mind, he's, he's a great guru, unfortunately passed away in the last couple of years, but he talked about moving away from command and control to climate control. He was in particular talking about governments, he was talking about administrators at institutions, but I think it's similar at the level of the classroom. We need to give the students the ability of learning, of, of uh, uh, baby stepping through things, making mistakes, fall on their bones, scrape their knees, and get to that place of learning and working together. That is an aspect of rigor that many don't apply in the classroom. That's that's very, very true. So we have been talking about rigor this time on Let's Talk Ed, and uh, that rigor does not necessarily mean just being harsh. If you enjoy uh, topics like this, be sure and like our channel, subscribe, uh, ring the bell for notifications so you get uh, a notification when we post new content like this. And of course, we are available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms in addition to here on YouTube. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time on Let's Talk Ed.